0: I ever write a sermon I don't decide what to write it just I call it spirit it just comes and sometimes I like it and sometimes I don't and sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's hard and so today is a little bit different uh, than normal I would say today is going to be sort of like a poem so I'm calling it a sermon poem hybrid (laughs) inspired by Romans Chapter 14 and it is called how to apologize when you are the one who is owed an apology. How to apologize when you are the one who is owed an apology. Step one, name your wound, it is valid. Name your wound, here is mine. My wound feels a lot like exhaustion. I'm weary, so incredibly tired. I'm tired of trying to explain my open and generous theology in the words of our core values to people whose counterarguments are waiting on the tip of their tongue before I even have a chance to say a word. I'm tired of breaking down exactly why it's biblically acceptable for a woman to be in the pulpit. I'm tired of toning down my calling as a woman or my perspective as a person of color for other people's comfort. I'm tired of my vocal concern for social justice in all matters of equality being lessened to whining, complaining, and feminist anger. I'm tired of defending my thoughtfulness and intentionality in approaching the Bible and I'm tired of being told I've taken the easy way out or that I've given in to the secular culture as a result of my radical inclusivity or because of my belief that Jesus himself was radically inclusive, that God is an unconditionally accepting God. I'm tired of trying to build bridges with people who often seem unwilling to meet in the middle I read that ridiculous Nashville statement in which so many of us were basically told that we were not Christians because of our differences with other Christians. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the judgment. Today's reading is from Romans and it's all about judging and how we aren't supposed to do it. Specifically, it's about how Christians with various theological interpretations shouldn't judge each other. I read it in my open wound throbs against the truth of the text because I don't want to hear about my own propensity to judge when I'm so exhausted from being judged myself. I've reached a point where I have to be done I'm done explaining myself, breaking down my exegetical framework, proving my worthiness to people who aren't really listening anyway. The problem is that somewhere along the way, I stopped listening as well. How to apologize when you are the one who is owed an apology? Step two, listen. Here's a pep talk. Learn to listen to yourself first. This is important because it is the only way to know your wounds and name them, but in doing so, don't stop listening to others, including and especially those who are different from you. Listen, listen, and then listen. Listen even when it hurts. Call it turn-the-other-cheek theology and listen. Give the people what you wish they would have given you. Who knows? Maybe it'll change someone for the better, even if it's only you. Instead of pointing fingers, try listening. You don't have to compromise yourself to listen. Listening doesn't mean you downplay your humanity. Listening isn't acting in one way or another. Listening is only trying to understand. And in many cases, understanding becomes grace and empathy realized. Listen without judgment, knowing none of us can make it through this life unscathed. Listen, knowing you are not the only one with wounds. Listen, because sometimes knowing the wound changes everything. Listen because it's what Jesus would do. Listen without judgment because the word demands it. And listen to God. Listen to spirit however she presents herself to you without distraction. And trust what you hear. Don't stifle the spirit God has placed within you. It is a gift, so take it, keep it, open it up. Listen to God. Listen to God. And in listening, risk. And in risking, feel. How to apologize when you are the one who is owed an apology? Step three, feel. We are a church who is very good at thinking. We've been doing it for a while, and if you've been to many other churches, then you know it is something to be proud of. We don't accept easy answers. We wrestle. We challenge the norm. We brave the wilderness together. We ask hard questions. When it comes to things of faith, we put in the work, and I need you to know that I spelled work with an E. And it is work, and we have done it well. But what if... All our thinking has been at the expense of feeling what if thinking for us as a church has been a reaction a fearful response to where feeling has led us in our past faith experiences often into oppressive systems of fear-based guilt ridden theology and getting out of that paradigm was like breathing again thanks be to God no turning back but what if when we made the escape We left behind some good stuff with all the baggage. Symbols that we once cherished became triggers of a faith we almost deserted. And what if, along with the misogynistic preacher and the smoke machines and the -the fill-in-the-blank guides, we left behind our inclination to feel to be completely moved and completely undone by the presence of God? What if all of our thinking has unintentionally become a crutch keeping us from experiencing the full deal? Have we become too disconnected with our feelings when it comes to the things of God? Is God only a word to us, an idea, or an explanation? Many of us, if not all of us, have been hurt by the church at one time or another. We've been shamed, we've been wounded, and a thinking faith has been a safe place to land. It gets a little too real when you let vulnerability in because here is where the risk lies, opening ourselves up to potential hurt when we know what has happened before. But only thinking, even when it's followed by the good of doing, is a lesser version of experiencing God. It is a lesser version of the faith journey. It is a one-foot-in kind of faith. It is a straddling-the-fence kind of faith. It is a not-trusting-fully kind of faith. It is a muted kind of faith. But we can't know the boundless goodness that is God without risking experiencing everything else. That's just how it works. We can't know joy fully when we mute anger or sadness or any of the hard stuff. When we open ourselves up to feeling, we have to open ourselves up to the whole spectrum. We have to risk everything. To know God, to fully engage God in worship, we have to engage all our feelings. We have to risk the vulnerability that comes with it, the potential disaster that might open up inside of us. We must risk and let these things rise up in order to know God, which is to know love and joy and peace uninhibited. When we mute feeling, we mute spirit. We mute word. We mute the God we could know in a deeper way, the us we could be in a deeper way. There can be no healing here. And realizing this comes with a heavy heart. It comes with grief because we realize we've lost a lot of time. We've wasted so much time. And doesn't a realization as hefty as this one make you want to say, I'm sorry? How to apologize when you are the one who is owed an apology. Step four, don't apologize, but also apologize. This is not a sermon about apologizing to the people around you. If you've listened well, you'll recognize when to do that, and you'll suck it up, and you'll do it. If you're listening well, you'll also come to know that when you're standing in the face of evil, the gift of spirit within you will empower you to recognize the truth that evil is never owed an apology, ever So don't apologize. Don't apologize to patriarchal systems, to racist systems, to unjust systems and all they produce within us and around us. Call them for what they are. Be holy and name them unapologetically. And if you're going to apologize, apologize to God. Apologize for anyone you may have hurt by being a part of the broken systems that make up our broken world. Apologize for the time you've wasted judging and fearing being judged. Apologize for the days, weeks, months, years you've lost to distraction. Apologize for the things that have kept you from knowing God deeper. Apologize for the things that have kept you from being more deeply God's. Apologize, but don't call it apology because those are just words. Call it something deeper, something fuller call it repentance how to apologize when you are the one who is owed an apology step 5 repent and no healing in the Bible repentance is a covenant requirement meaning it is more than just words repentance is agreement repentance is unrestrained action bubbling up from your soul repentance is spiritual sorrow it is distress so urgent it requires a new way now In the Bible, repentance is more than confession. It is more than cheap talk. Repentance always means change. Knowing it is discovering that new way. In the Hebrew, repentance demands a change of action. In the Greek, repentance requires a change of mind. Real repentance will rock your whole world. Repentance means we let go of what hurt us, what once held us down. Repentance means we confess to the ways we have hurt others and pulled others down. Repentance is full awareness. Repentance spurs divine change total openness to spirit, transformation from the inside out that will make us do radical things like throw away our gavels. Mm -hmm. A gift of repentance, a natural consequence of it, is Christ-like humility, the kind that helps you see more clearly. It is that gentle nudge reminding us that God is the judge and that even if we had permission to be judges on behalf of God, which we do not, We'd have to do the kind of judging that God does, which is gracious and mercy-filled and inclusive all the time. Repentance is out of our hands. The only thing we can really control is our posture, our posture toward it, our openness to it, our willingness. Here's a question. Are you ready? How to apologize when you are the one who is owed an apology. Step one, name your wound. It is valid. Step two, listen. Step three, feel. Step four, don't apologize, but also apologize. Step five, repent and no healing. Step six, repeat. Mm-hmm. Repeat and then, for good measure, repeat again. Amen. Woo! <laughs>